Hello, I'm Melinda and I am a uh, greeter at the front of the church and I help serve donuts and coffee. I get to see new people, I get to see my friends in church, I get to share a smile, a hug, and that's my favorite. I would like to challenge you just to take a Sunday and serve in Sunday school or take a turn in the nursery and hold those little little ones or hand out bulletins and offer coffee and donuts and give a smile, give a hug to someone who just needs a little extra comfort. We would love to join hands with you and make a difference. Truly, when you become a servant and you give, you are blessed above and beyond. And you just can't outgive Christ. Amen. That's the, that's the truth this morning. Well, hey, we just want to say, again, welcome. This is part four of a series we've been in, um, on for the last several weeks. And I just want to go over a couple things this morning before we uh, dive into the, the message this morning. The first thing is, is this, is that we have a decision room right over here to your right. And um, we're going to sing a song after the message this morning. And if, if you need prayer, if you feel like God's tugging at your heart about a decision uh, for, for Christ, if you want to talk to someone about rededicating your life, getting back on a path toward Jesus, we invite you to come over there uh, right uh, during that song. While we're singing that song, just get up and go over there. There's going to be decision guides and elders there for you, and we would love to talk to you about your relationship with Christ Jesus. The, the second thing uh, this morning is that if you haven't downloaded the Oakwood app, we invite you to do that, and you can actually follow along with the sermon there. There's, you can go into uh, sermons there and sermon notes. Um, all the scriptures are there, all the bullet points. There's actually ways for you to take notes during the message. So if you have your phone, uh, your tablet with you this morning, you're encouraged to get that out. Uh, just silence that for us, and you can take notes during the message. And we would, we would love to, to have you uh, do that and be a part of that. Um, as we continue in the, in the series this morning called Say Yes, uh, just do a little bit of a recap in case you've missed a week or haven't been here with us or maybe it's your first time with us this morning. Uh, the first week uh, of Say Yes, we talked about God's philosophy of ministry on how he's going to grow people and grow his church. And, and in that week, we studied in Ephesians chapter 4 that Jesus Christ is the head of the church. He's literally the head of a body. And that body consists of all of the Christians that attend that church. And that all of those people, they're called saints in the scripture there, are called to ministry service. And they're supposed to be active parts of the body of Christ. And so it was a call and a challenge for us to step up and to do our part as the body of Jesus Christ and to be active in our service there. The second week we talked about faith and we, we looked at Noah and we looked at Abraham and we talked about how, how we need to go forward in faith. And now sometimes we get scared and sometimes it takes courage to serve, but that we need to put our faith there and understand God's going to give us whatever we need. He's going to equip us with the words. He's going to equip us with the time. He's going to give us the, the, the sacrifice, the service, the skills that we need. He's going to give us everything that we need if we'll just say yes and serve him. And then last week, we talked about the heart of service. 
And we talked about the Good Samaritan, the story of the Good Samaritan, and how we need to stop sometimes, we need to get off our donkeys, and we need to get involved in ministry and serve. And, and, and so uh, that's, that'll bring you up to speed for where we are today, because today we're going we're gonna to be talking about the greatness and the power of servanthood, the greatness and the power of servanthood. And if you have your Bibles this morning, I invite you to turn to Matthew chapter 20, Matthew chapter 20, and verse 20, 2020. If you didn't bring your Bible this morning and you're not following along on your phone, just grab that Bible there in front of you, turn it to page 825, and you'll be exactly where we need to be this morning as we open up the Word of God together. Before we do that, let's just pause for a moment and let's pray, and let's, let's, ask, let's ask the Lord to speak to us this morning, um, believing that when we pray and ask Him to speak to our hearts, He does. And so, if you would, just bow your heads and just say that, say that simple prayer in your heart, Lord, today, speak to me. And believing that, all God's people said, Amen and Amen. Matthew 20, verse 20, says this. It says, Then the mother of the sons of Zebedee came up to him with her sons, and kneeling before him, she asked him for something. And he said to her, and he here is Jesus himself, the Son of God, he said to her, What do you want? And she said to him, Say that these two sons of mine are to sit, one at your right hand and one at your left, in your kingdom. Wow. And Jesus answered, You do not know what you are asking. Are you able to drink the cup that I am to drink? Now that cup that Jesus is referring to there is the cup of suffering. Because just in the next chapter, it's the triumphal entry. He is so close to the cross of Calvary. Jesus knows that. And he's saying, are you going to be able to suffer like I suffer? Are you going to be able to drink from this cup? And they said to him, we are able. Verse 23. He said to them, you will drink my cup. In other words, you will go through suffering. But to sit at my right hand and at my left is not mine to grant, but it is for those to whom it has been prepared by my Father. And when the ten heard it, this is the rest of the twelve disciples, when the ten heard it, they were indignant at the two brothers. I mean, really, think about it. The audacity, how dare they would ask a question like that. Verse 25 says, But Jesus called them to him, and he said, You know that the rulers of the Gentiles lorded over them, and that their great ones exercise authority over them. And it's a negative term there, this exercise authority over them. They do it in a negative way. And then in verse 26, it says, It shall not be so among you. Jesus says, Not so among you. But whoever would be great among you must be your servant. And whoever would be first among you must be your slave. Even as the Son of Man came not to be served, but to serve. And to give his life as a ransom for many. The kingdom of God is different than the kingdom of the world. It's not about what you can get. It's about what you can give. I want to introduce a concept to you this morning, and I call it the concept of filling and emptying. Filling and emptying. You see, it seems as Christians, 
we like to be filled, right? We like to be filled with God's Spirit. We like to be filled with knowledge of the Word. And for many of us, that is a good step to following Jesus, is that we would go to places and be involved in ministries and things that grow us, and we do that through being filled, being filled up, being full of Christ and being full of His Word. But just as a bucket or a cup would become full, it begins to spill over. And we find that as we read Scripture and study the life of Jesus Christ and study the way of following Him and becoming more like Him and doing life and ministry His way, it quite simply is about emptying ourselves, not filling ourselves. For some of us, that's your next step to following Jesus. If you get nothing else out of the sermon today, it's empty yourself Pour yourself into others. Pour yourself into ministry. Pour yourself into serving and service somewhere in the body of Christ. And beyond that, even out in the world, become a servant to all. Because then you'll be great in the kingdom of God. Be a servant. And Jesus says here in the passage, he makes it quite clear that I did not even come. I'm the son of God. I mean, you're thinking, you will serve me. He says, I didn't even come to be served, but to serve. And that's what he did all of his time here on earth. He served those disciples. He served other people. He said, I did not come to be served, but to serve. And to give my life. To give my life away. As a ransom for many. You see, we can't get caught up in just filling ourselves because some of you I mean be honest you've been in Sunday school for 35 years faithfully every Sunday you've been in Wednesday night group and it's time for you you're full you're full of it (laughs) it's time for you to start emptying Jesus into others and to serve and to make a difference and that might be your next step to maturity in Christ And your next step towards spiritual growth. Because it says in the scripture that the greatest in the kingdom of God are his servants. The greatest in the kingdom of God are his servants. We read that in today's passage and also uh, just, uh, just a little bit later in Matthew 23, 11 and 12. It says that Jesus says this to the disciples. The greatest amongst you will be your servant. For those who exalt themselves will be humbled. But those who humble themselves will be Exalted. It seems like just this upside down concept, and it seems contradictory to the world because it is contradictory to the world. It's contradictory to you from the time that you're probably two years old. Isn't it amazing that you do not have to teach kids to be sinners? Even little babies, they just come out, they could be sinners, that no one had to teach them that. That we, we talked about this a few weeks ago. The first word is no, and then the next word is mine. And they're taking toys from other kids because they're selfish, because they're self-serving, because they want to take care of what? They want to take care of me, and they come like these little me monsters, right? And they're taking care of myself, and I'm selfish, and this just breeds into grade school, and then it goes into middle school, and it goes into adulthood. You have even adults that would say, you know, it's about me. And we become selfish. We don't become servants, Instead, it's about exalting ourselves. It's about exalting ourselves and and, and lifting ourselves up and building kind of this kingdom to us. 
In Matthew 6, 33, right in the middle of the Sermon on the Mount, and Jesus says this. He says, but seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all of these things will be added to you as well. Seek first the kingdom of God and his righteousness, and all these things will be added to you as well. If you need a throne, seek first the kingdom of God and serve the kingdom of God. And if you need a platform, if you need a trophy, if you need an accolade, all these things will be added to you as well if you first seek the kingdom and the righteousness, living right, God's way. If you'll do those things first, then the rest of the things may come, but they're going to come in the right order, and they're going to come in the right way, and they're going to come from the Lord God Almighty, not because you built a kingdom to yourself. Do you see how the premise of the mother and the boys in the story is completely off base? Oh, I want them to be great in your kingdom. Have one sit at your left and one sit at your right in your kingdom, in your glory, Jesus. And Jesus says, that is not what this is about. The other ten are indignant. They couldn't even believe it. Why? Because they wanted to sit at the right and left, right? (laughs) Let's be honest. They weren't indignant because they were wrong. They were indignant because they wanted to be there. And Jesus sets the twelve disciples down and says, you know what? That's the way the world works. Not so with you. Not not so with you. We're going to be different. Because if you want to be great in my kingdom, then you're going to be low and humble and you're going to serve others. Because that is the kingdom's value. And that is when the Lord God Almighty looks down and sees a win. And that's when he might put someone in a position where they might get an accolade or some kind of recognition is because we are humbling ourselves in kingdom service. But we have to seek first his kingdom and his righteousness, and then all those other things will come. You see, it comes down to this priority in our life. Are we seeking worldly success or are we seeking kingdom success? Which really boils down to the question, what is going to be first, most, best, and the center of my life? What is that going to look like? What am I going to go after? What am I going to go after and try to attain in life? Am I going to go after the things of the world or am I going to go after the things of the kingdom? And this starts for us, I mean, this starts for us at a really young age. We're taught very early in our lives to climb the ladder of success, right? You've heard that before. We're going to climb this ladder of success. And when we get there, we're, we're, we're going to see things like this. We're going to see notoriety, We're going to see recognition, promotion, prestige, superiority, and exaltation of self, lifting up. We are not seeking the things of the kingdom. We're not seeing the lowest service position and how we can meet the needs of others. No, we are only concerned about meeting the needs of ourselves. And somehow, I think this gets messed up for us at an early age in life, whether it's just being selfish with a toy Maybe part of this is why we have our six-year-olds playing 187 games a year of our favorite sport. What's it really all about? Well, they love it. Do they? All the sacrifices you make for it? Why do you really do it? So they can be the best. So they can be number one. 
so that people would stand up and notice. So people say, oh, yeah, they're the best. They're the highest. They're the promoted. They get a trophy. They get a win. They are the champion. They are the best. And then it gets passed on to our teenage years where the competition just seems to get even worse. And then it goes on into adulthood and on into our work world because it's always about the next thing, right? That's the only thing that will satisfy. I've, I've got to get the promotion. I've got to get to the next position, the next pay scale. I've got to get to the next thing that is going to build the earthly kingdom to myself. And in the middle of all that, the devil confuses us and says, that's what you need to be pursuing in life. That needs to be your end result. That needs to be what you go after. Go after these things. And then you'll be happy, and then you'll have success. But you'll have success in what? In the world's eyes. And we find ourselves being pulled over to the world's value system. That if you make more money, that if you're highly intelligent, that if you have some special ability in life, or if you just take good care of yourself and you're beautiful, that those are the things the world values. The money, the intelligence, the ability, and the beauty. If we go after those things in life, then you'll be successful. And what does Jesus say to the disciples again? About sitting their thrones next to him? He says, not so with you. The greatest amongst you will be the servant. You mean not the one on the pitcher's mound? No, I'm talking about the bat boy. You mean not the one on the volleyball court? No, I'm talking about the water girl. I'm talking about those that will take a humble position of service and serve. And God says, that is greatness in my heavenly kingdom. But we push, and I get it. I mean, we want success. We want to go to the most prestigious colleges and universities and join the civic organizations and social clubs. And we want to get the honors and the awards and the certificates and, and, and all of these things. But they never seem to quite satisfy. In fact, there's more satisfaction in following Jesus and actually living what the Scripture says. Not just merely hearing it, but actually doing it brings about in your heart the most fullness that you'll ever feel in your life. And while the circumstances are different for each and every one of us, I think the end intent is the same. That we have to break ourselves down from building a kingdom into ourselves and trying to set our thrones next to Jesus by something that we can do or something that we can ask for and to take a low position of humility and service and serving others. Because even the Son of God did not come to be served, but to serve and to give His life away. Filling and emptying yourself. Filling up with Jesus and emptying yourself into others. Because if we try to do it any other way, well, you, you remember Satan. Satan was actually one of God's angels in heaven. In fact, many scholars believe that he had a special position in heaven. And then look what happened to him. Isaiah chapter 14, verses 12 through 14, tell us his story of his descent from heaven into the earth. And it says this, How you are fallen from heaven, O day star, son of dawn. How you are cut down to the ground, you who laid the nations low. 
You said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven above the stars of God. I will set my throne on high. I will sit on the mount of assembly in the far reaches of the north. I will ascend above the heights of the clouds. I will make myself like the most high. Really? And Jesus would say, not so with you. Because the greatness is not to attain the success of the world or to try to somehow set up a throne in our life for ourselves and not for God to be on the throne of our hearts, but to take on the position of humility and to serve our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. You know, one of the quickest ways to forget about God is to become consumed with self-advancement instead of kingdom advancement. I think it's one of Satan's greatest distractions. One of the quickest ways you can forget about God is to become obsessed and become consumed with this idea of self-advancement instead of kingdom advancement. And we are not called to celebrate and promote and advance ourselves We are actually called to do the opposite. Scripture tells us to deny ourselves. Do you know what it says in Luke 9.23? What does Jesus say to us there? If anyone should come after me, if anyone would come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross daily and follow me. How do we follow you, Jesus? You deny yourself. All those things that you think you want. All those worldly successes pale in comparison to the service of my kingdom. And I love the way Luke 9.23 starts there. It gives us this idea of pursuit because we're pursuing something in our lives. Did you notice that? It says, if anyone would come after me, if anyone would come after him, if anybody would pursue him, yes, Jesus, I want to be like you, and yes, I want to pursue your priorities. I want to pursue your kingdom because you sacrificed your life for me. How? He says, deny yourself and take up your cross daily and follow me. And it's a reminder to us that God did not create us to be takers. God created us to be givers. We are not created to be spiritual Consumers, God has called us to be spiritual contributors. Not spiritual consumers, but God has called us to be spiritual contributors. You know, here at Oakwood, we talk about this many times, and we, we talk about this in the, in the intro classes to the church when you come over to discover Oakwood and you, and, you, and you come to those things. We talk about the three C's of Oakwood. That we want our church members, um, even greater than that, Christians, followers of Jesus Christ, to do three things. Celebrate, connect, contribute. We celebrate by making this worship gathering, the gathering of the saints, the church family, a priority for us. We can make it a priority for us because we come in to celebrate and declare His greatness as He works in our lives. We come to celebrate what God is doing in our world. We come to celebrate the salvation of others come to celebrate the sacrifice of Jesus as we observe Holy Communion together. And we make it a priority because the Scripture says, do not forsake the gathering of the saints together. And all the more as you see the day approaching, all the more as you see the coming judgment and the second return of Christ Jesus, 
We celebrate. Then we ask you to connect. We want you to connect into some kind of group in the church and get to know other people and do that iron sharpens iron type of thing and live out the biblical one another's with each other. To, to be able to, to help one another and love one another and encourage one another and pray for one another and, and even sometimes it says to admonish one another. To live out those things in life. The biblical one another's. We celebrate and we connect and then the last thing we do is we contribute. We are spiritual contributors. We use our time, our talents, our testimony, our resources, our financial resources for the greater kingdom good. And through the celebrating and connecting and contributing, we become servants of the Almighty God. And God does some amazing things in the lives of His people as we serve together His kingdom and as we serve as church. And we need to remember that the church doesn't really exist for us who are on the inside. But the church exists for the world. In Scripture, it's referred to as a city on a hill, a lamp on a stand. It's to be a light into the darkness. It's to be God's people living out their faith in the everyday that shines a light into the world. Why? Because we don't serve ourselves, but because we serve a heavenly kingdom and a heavenly Father who loves us and loves us to the point so much that He sent His only Son, Jesus, to be a sacrifice, a substitutionary atonement for us so that we could have hope of eternal life with Him. And as God's people then, we're challenged to say yes. Say yes to serving in ministry in the kingdom of God. As we've been going through this series, it's been encouraging to walk out there and see if, you, if maybe, maybe you're new with us today, it's your first time here. We invite you to go out right after the service. We call it the Say Yes Wall. It's been so awesome to see so many of our ministry positions uh, uh, filled, filled with people that are seven four and saying, you know what, I, I may not have all the answers, but I'm, I'm, I'm going to say yes. I, I, I'm going to jump in with Jesus. I'm going to put my faith in there. I, I know he's going to provide for me, and, and I'm just going to say yes. And we are in a culture that says, hey, say no, set up boundaries in your life. Don't let, the, don't let the kingdom of God or the church invade or take any more of your time than you have to. Just check the box and be done with it. And God says, no, 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 no. There's so much more work to be done. The harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. And God calls us and beckons us to serve, to be different from the world. Not so with you. Because the greatest amongst you will be a servant. And Jesus gives us that great example John Wesley has this quote I want to share with you this morning. It'll be on the, on the screens as well. John Wesley says this, Do all the good you can, by all the means you can, in all the ways you can, in all the places you can, at all the times you can, to all the people you can, as long as you ever can. Boy, isn't that a great motto for the Christian life? It's to do good by all means, in all ways, in all places, at all times, to all people, as long as you ever can. Why? Because we're servants of God Almighty. We're servants of the Most High Jesus Christ. And I know some of you are, man, I'm just, 
you know, we got this laundry list of excuses. Oh, I'm just waiting on the perfect time because I'm just so busy right now. Just waiting on the perfect time to commit to serving and waiting on the time to say yes. You'll never, ever have the time. You make the time to say yes. If you're waiting, you'll just continue waiting. Let me just be honest with you this morning. If you're one of those that you're like, well, I just, I'm just not sure to say yes today. I, you know, some, of, some of you, I know, I know the devil does this because he does this in, in so many of our lives, is that he, he uh, gives you doubts and he gives you concerns, he gives you worries, and he makes you feel inadequate. Like, you know, there's no way that, that God could actually use you because you don't know enough Bible, or you're not trained enough, you're not talented enough. You know, that those, those things, God won't provide that for you in life. And, and so because of that, you shouldn't serve in ministry. Don't say yes. Continue to say, to, to say no and put it off. And I was encouraged this week because I, I read a section of Scripture. If you've never read the book of Acts, I'm just telling you, I love, love Acts the last couple of years. It's my go-to book. I just love seeing the stories of the early church, seeing the stories of the disciples as they come to follow Jesus and as Jesus leaves them and ascends to heaven and the Holy Spirit comes, how they seem to increase in courage and in boldness. One of my favorite things that I read in the book of Acts is just constantly just a good reminder to me that God can use anyone. God could even use me to preach his word to a church. It's just amazing, blows my mind, is Acts chapter 4. And, and a couple of the disciples have been before the Jewish Sanhedrin. It's the Jewish ruling council. It's the religious elitists. And, and, and they're basically telling them, don't preach or speak or serve in the name of Jesus anymore. If you keep serving in this kingdom of God, we're gonna, things are going to happen to you. We're going to throw you in prison. You're going to get in trouble. And so don't do those things anymore. And yet they just continue to share the gospel, to serve one another, and to share meals in homes. And, and, the, and the church is just being built up. Every day it's just growing. They, they, there's literally times there in the first three, four chapters of Acts where it says thousands of people were baptized. I don't know how long that service took, but they were there a while for thousands, right? When we had, what, four a couple weeks ago, it took like, you know what, seven minutes, you know? I mean, the, thousands of people were baptized, okay? Let's talk about stirring those baptistry waters. And it's amazing what these guys do. And you think, well, duh, they're disciples. They hang out with Jesus for three years. I mean, they were qualified, but catch what it says. I think it's Acts 4.13. It says this, the, the, the Jewish uh, council had noticed these men and have observed them as unschooled and ordinary men. But they took note that these men had been with Jesus. And maybe that's how you feel this morning about saying yes and about ministry. Unschooled, ordinary. But you've been with Jesus. And because of that, you have everything that you need to walk out there and to say yes. God is going to provide everything that you need. He's going to give you the words. He's going to give you the mindset. He's going to give you the knowledge. It might even come supernatural. But God can use you. And if that's been your excuse, ah, I don't have any special skills, I'm not that talented, 
Those seem to be the one, the people that God uses in Scripture all the time. You know, it's one of those things that I think sometimes he qualifies the called. Maybe they're not qualified when they're called, but after they're called, God will give you everything that you need. I know what some of you think. This morning, as we uh, close this series out, you're like, ah, yeah, say yes. I know what this is really about. This is about recruitment, right? It's a recruitment series to get people involved in ministry in the church, which, yeah, it's biblical, and yeah, I've heard all the scriptures, but, you know, that, that's what this is. It's, just, it's an exercise in recruitment and trying to get people involved and trying to fill the ministries in God's church so, so that the ministries can touch more lives. And it's like, yeah, I get it, and I'm, and I'm glad it's over. You know, some of you were the early adopters. You went out there first week and signed up. The rest of you were like, let's... Let's see, you know, what's left, you know. Maybe there won't be any and I won't have to go say yes. Maybe I just continue saying no in my life. And for some of you, you know, maybe some of you did it for all the right reasons. You're like, hey, let all those other spots be taken. I'll take the one that no one wants. That's great. Today is your day. Because we're going to dismiss in a few minutes. We're going to walk out there and we're going to say yes to serving in the body of Christ. But if you think this series was about recruitment for ministry, I think you missed the point of all the scripture that we've read. This is a call to a lifestyle of serving. This is a call to a commitment to the kingdom of God. And I'm afraid if you think it's about anything else, then you've missed the point entirely. Because this is about your spiritual growth. This is about you becoming and looking more like Jesus. This is about you washing feet, changing diapers, counseling teenagers, praying with a brother or sister that's about to make a decision. Fulfilling the needs of the body of Christ with every part, every supporting ligament, doing its part. And in Ephesians 4, it reminded us what? So that, what's the result of all of us getting active in ministry service, Lord? What's the result? It says, so that the body of Christ would be built up. When you say yes to serving you're not saying yes to me, yes to the elders, yes to the children's ministry or the youth ministry. No. <laughs> You're saying yes to Jesus. You're saying yes to a heavenly kingdom. You're saying yes to an eternal mindset. And you're saying yes to taking a position as a humble servant. Allowing God to use you in a very special and significant way. The part of the body of Christ that you're to fill, no one else can do it. It has your name on it because you are a part of the body of Christ. And we challenge you this morning, take that next step to following Jesus. And you do that by saying yes. In a world that encourages you to say no, we say yes.
Would you pray with me? Lord God, I thank you for your word, and I thank you for the love that we have in our hearts, and I thank you for the example we have of your son. And, and God, over the last few weeks, you've been working on us. You've been working on us from a mindset capacity of our philosophy of ministry and how we're going to reach the world. God, you have that plan from the beginning. You have that plan all, around, all along, that you're going to send your son and that people would accept him and follow him. And Lord, we're challenged this morning because we do. We need to deny ourselves and take up our crosses daily to follow you. And Lord, we're reminded this morning as we're tempted to win the accolades and the successes and all the values that this world has to offer us, that Jesus says to us, he said it to the disciples, but he also looks us in the eye and says, not so with you. Because you're going to be great because you serve, because you love others, because you humble yourself. And you're going to look a lot like me because I didn't come to be served. But even as the Son of God, I came to serve and to give my life away. God, I just, I wonder what would Oakwood look like in three months, six months, a year, two years down the road. If all of those that say, I'm a follower of Jesus, would say yes to ministry and say yes to serving you. God, imagine what that church might look like when we say yes to what you value. God, I just pray, continue to work in our hearts and our minds as we sing this song. Lord, that we can truly choose to follow you and make that decision. Whatever that next step is for us, maybe it's to accept you for the first time, maybe it's to repent, rededicate our life, or maybe for some of us, when this service is over, we're gonna run out to that lobby. And in faith, exercising our faith, we're going to say yes to your ministry. But God, just continue to move amongst us with your Holy Spirit right now. Convict us where we need to be convicted. Comfort us where we need to be comfort, comforted. But Lord, just do your work in us. And we thank you for answering our prayers. In Jesus' name, amen.